Don't wanna live as an untold story Rather go out in a blaze of glory I can't hear you I don't fear you I live now cause the bad die last Dodging bullets with your broken past Listening to the PCAST, presented by CDE Light Band. Each week we take you around Austin, the athletics department, occasionally the OVC, thanks to our good friends at CDE. Thank you to our friends at CDE. Thanks to you, the listeners, who make us worth sponsoring. Did that did that go? Did that, that was did, a, oh that was different. Did that work for you? I mean it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. I bet it's easier on your vocal cords. I mean, I practice all week to to hit the high notes for just that. Just to hit one high note just a week. Just to hit one high note a week. I, your vocal exercises. I, I soothe my throat with ice, and <laughs> um, what's that spray that mist that you spray when you get a sore throat? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't yeah. know what it's called. I soothe I soothe my throat with that no more, no less than three times a week to bring you that. And all I ever get for my trouble is Casey denigrating it. So how are you now? You didn't even let me do. We're we're out of order already. We're two bullet points in, and we're already out of order. I just wanted to do the how are you now and let you do the good and you're not so bad. I am Colby Wilson. He is Casey Krieger. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked all to be podcast. For one of whom has spent an inordinate amount of time having strangers shove sticks up his nose this week. Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Uh, a little nose-sensitive, if I'm being perfectly honest about the thing. Yeah, it's... Uh Someone, someone who's had two sinus surgery, I've had a lot of stuff shoved, I guess only one sinus surgery, but I've had a lot of stuff shoved up my nose, I, I understand your pain. I will have four swabs in seven days, Friday, Sunday, Wednesday, and then again on Friday of this week. Hoorah. I, we're, we're jumping ahead here, but I would probably pay $15 out of my own pocket to be able to pick my nose swabber and have it be somebody I know has the hands of an angel and the the shaky, the the steady hand of an ER surgeon. Have you had some rough swabs this week? I've had some great ones and I've had some terrible oh, ones. It's the worst. You know, it it runs the spectrum. The lady today just zoot zoot. You done, sir? All right, cool. Voila. Yeah. And then last Friday, the one last week was bad. Well, I didn't get like the bloody nose thing that we all got. I didn't get the bloody nose, but it was boy, it was up there. I sneezed the whole drive back over to the office. Ugh. Yeah. All that so we can go play pit this week. Yeah. Football. I'm, yeah, football. I'm looking forward to this. Uh I think that we're gonna have some better understanding of who we are after this game because we're gonna have some people back that are important. And this is a really, really veteran, nose to the grindstone, tough physical pit team. This is going to be a bit of a. Not, I, I'm not. I'm not looking for high scoring out of this one. I don't think it's kind of what you expect from a Pat Narduzzi team. Just uh, I completely tough. forgot Pat Narduzzi was the head coach. Yeah, here. I mean, just think about the guys they've had recently: James Conner, just big physical running backs. They. They're not. They're not here to put up five hundred through the it, air and it's not. It's not Larry points. Fitzgerald's program anymore. Right? That's for sure. No. Yeah. It is. They're just trying to beat you down. 
Casey, I got some. I got a fun football stat for you this week. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. As we enter the official week two, the unofficial week three. I've never loved how that works. Regardless, doesn't make sense. But here we are. Austin P is outscoring the Ohio Valley Conference, all of it. By infinity. By infinity. Infinity. And all our mid-state neighbors. I wonder who our mid-state neighbor is. Well, one of them um, did not enjoy a good time in its opening game against... Uh, who, who, who did they... I don't remember. Who did they play? It was a team that I would not have envisioned having 42. Was it Army? It was Army. It was Army. Army put up It a was. In a full Mitchie Stadium. In a full Mitchie Stadium. Army. Just the Corps of Cadets ch- was. Chucked up a 40 Socially spot. distant. Just putting it on Middle Tennessee State. And let me tell you, we truly hate to see it. One truly, rightfully, dearly hates you to just, see it. You just feel so bad for them. You know another thing that you hate to see? What's that? Kawhi Leonard. Essentially ending Jamal Murray. Just Jamal Murray's done now. Sil- a moment of silence for Jamal Murray. <sighs> yikes. Big old yikes. You know, Ma- Jamal Murray was having a moment. Jamal Murray was having a good game. And, and then he said, oh, there's two minutes left in this. We need a bucket. How am I going to score here? I'm not going to take another jump shot. I'm going to try and put Kawhi Leonard. I'm gonna, hold on. I'm going to put Ka- Ka- Kawhi Leonard on a poster. The the list of people who could put Kawhi on a poster in the history of professional basketball at absolute apex might be three three people long. I'm, I'm going to say there's five guys. I mean, there's I'd say LeBron, LeBron, Jordan, Michael Jordan, Vince maybe Carter, Vince just Carter. because he's absolutely. I mean, like not a lot of those other old guys didn't really jump. Maybe, maybe Dominique Wilkins, maybe like Dominique, or like. Maybe, Giannis, just c- because the freak part, but like I, that's a matchup I you want to I mean, see. I think, but I, like I got, I got Kawhi defensively over Giannis. I, don't I mean, think it's he's just like that. Jamal Murray should not be trying to dunk <laughs> on Kawhi. Jamal, Jamal Murray, fine basketball player. There's, there's not very few people Jamal Murray should be trying not to dunk on. Racking Kawhi Leonard, he's just not. Maybe he's if it was Pat Beverly, you could have tried to dunk on him, but Pat Beverly would have just flopped like he would. He got shot or something. He would have either flopped or he would have punched him square in the solar plexus. <laughs> and either way, I would have paid to see it. I thought it was funny that um, Pat Bev was saying that, um, who was it? He said somebody produced the same problem as Luka on uh, Jokic. He said Jokic produced the same problem as Luka. Just a bunch of flailing and forcing the referees to make calls. And someone tweeted that with the videos of Pat Bev flopping. It's like a bunch of flailing. Patrick? Patrick. Patrick. Patrick, you invented the flailing. To get back to Pitt for a second, Casey, I'm bummed you're not getting to go. Pretty sad. Pretty sad. But Pittsburgh's, uh, P- Pittsburgh's a pretty cool town. I've been to Pittsburgh once. We went to a Pirates game. Was, uh, uh, we weren't going to get to do that this time. I was like 11, so I don't really remember that much of it. But what? I'll, see, I'll be with you in Cincinnati, buddy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, prediction. Let's Let's get a prediction for you. Uh, 27-24, Austin P. Blocks the pit field goal at the end, like Appalachian State in wow. the big house. Yeah. No, I'm not going to sit here on this podcast and pick the Pittsburgh Panthers. I'll tell you that. I was not prepared for, I think, it, like super low scoring. That's why I said 27-24. Oh, no, I'm thinking like 13-10. <laughs> 
Okay, Austin P. Yeah, blocks yeah. the field goal at the end, like App State in the Big House. Yeah, thirteen ten. I'm not going to say who, but I think you know who I'm thinking of. I know who you're thinking of. As we end the first segment this week, I want to talk about a baseball ejection because baseball ejections are great, and we don't get enough of them. And we especially don't get enough of them with spectators, and we especially don't get enough of them of spectators in a season where there are no spectators. We especially don't get enough general manager ejections. <laughs> but Washington GM Mike Rizzo got tossed for screaming at the umpires in Sunday's Braves-Nats game. And, of course, it was Wendelstadt and uh, Joe West. Yeah, of course, the the two horsemen of – Good baseball decisions. <laughs> I want a base. I want an umpiring crew of Will Little, Andrew Hernandez, Hunter Wendelstadt, and Joe West. You know who else wants that? Nobody. Literally nobody. I was going to say like the the Yankees, the Independent League. Right. Yeah. No, they wouldn't even be good. The, there. the, the Atlantic League would probably be like that's that's. Let's, all let's right. take the four worst guys in Major League Baseball and put them in a crew together. I mean, you may as well. It, in place of ruining, you know, four in separate case, games. No, but here's the thing. They already have Hernandez and Will Little on a crew together, and they already have Wendelstadt and West on a crew together. So just combine Just them. combine them, yeah. Save those other four guys. Put them together. I'm sure they'd be much happier not dealing with those two, other chuckleheads. Two, two teams get it in the shorts every series. It's it's fun for everybody. It happens. And, and you know going in, like, you know if uh, – I mean, talk about adding some pizzazz to, like, a late-season – Pirates, Brewers, game. Pirates, Reds. Yeah. Please, let's, let's pick the worst teams in the league. I mean, you know, let's, what's the intrigue for this? Who does Will Little toss first? What's the intrigue in this cellar dwelling battle of the non-Titans? Well, we've got the four worst umpires in the history of the game on one crew, <laughs> and we're just going to turn them loose and see what happens. If we could switch Wendelstadt for Bob Davidson, Bach and Bob Davidson, it gets even better. Nah, I, I'd keep Wendelstadt because I think he and Joe West play. Kind of play off one another a little bit. Boy. Either way, in a season full of firsts, the general manager, the visiting general manager. The visiting general manager. Just kind of around getting ejected from the game. And then the weird thing is one person, one argument was like, well, he's arguing balls and strikes from up there. Then the other thing was he was not wearing his mask. He was in a suite. He was the only. By himself. They they panned, they panned the, the. Pan back away, and it wasn't like he was by himself and there were other people. He was the only the person in the suite. <laughs> he was the only one in the, in the entire luxury visiting GM suite. He was this one speck in the sea of empty seats and empty suites. It was just, uh, baseball, I love you, never change. Thank you for that, Joe. Yeah. We'll wrap this up, and we will welcome in Micah Nisley of the Austin men's golf team right after this. When researching Micah Nisley, the same three themes kept coming up over and over again from anyone I talked to. Borderline genius, outstanding golfer, and probably the nicest human who ever lived. Lofty praise, but if you hear it from a bunch of different people, you tend to believe it. And Micah, how does it feel to know that people think you're that good of a person? I don't know. It feels great. I mean, I don't don't really know what to say about that. Like, I don't really go out and do a whole lot I just try to try to be as nice to people as I can and just be respectful you know 
it seems to be no matter what I'm doing. So, um, you were OVC freshman of the year your right. first year here. I think that's a good jumping off point because that was obviously a tremendous honor that puts you in some pretty elite company. But did it also put a lot of pressure on you? Um, not really. I just naturally put a lot of pressure on myself as it is. So I guess the fresh whole freshman of the year thing was kind of weird for me because like I I went into to college you know having really high expectations you know coming off a couple of really good um, years in junior golf and just I really honestly just sucked up most of the year like it wasn't it wasn't what I hoped for and just kind of hung around for the freshman of the year thing but um, but yeah I mean I I had had a couple really good tournaments in there that um, that ended up getting me in the end but um, it's just something I'm working on trying to do just you know with golf and in life is just trying to look at things more positively and I've always always looked at back on that as you know kind of like I don't know not feeling like I've earned it really or anything what well, well I mean you look at your numbers from that year you look at what you were able to accomplish and like you were clearly far and away the top freshman that right year. but but I don't know I'm used to playing with all these guys in the the OVC you know I've played with them you know a lot in junior golf and I've known I've been able to like really compete with them and I've beat them you know several times so it's just like I just wasn't doing that and that's what I kind of expected were, to do when I when just I beating them you weren't just like crushing them <laughs> yeah I, I guess <laughs> um somebody told me your family sponsors an orphanage in Africa is that true yeah so uh, I think it was like five or six years ago um my mom got in contact with this guy who's um he's a pastor in Uganda and he um takes care of this orphanage and I don't know if you know much about Uganda but it's just a really really corrupt country and, and they just yeah I mean they just really don't have anything so just you know my mom you, you look at things like that and you just don't know what's what's real with all the scams and all that stuff and and we actually had a friend who went over there and spent time with that orphanage and stuff and um just really got to know them and then my mom she started talking with this guy and um saw saw pictures and just you know all this other stuff and I mean they just have absolutely nothing and like I'll get I'll get text messages here and there you know from this guy saying I mean hey like can you give me 20 bucks you know like we haven't eaten three days or something like that and it's just your your heart just goes goes out to him because he's you know trying to feed 150 orphans or whatever so um, it's something that my whole family just does you know when we can give we definitely try to help them out as much as we can so how i mean gosh that i can't imagine being reached out to individually and the the responsibility you have to feel in that moment of like if i don't have 20 bucks just sitting around people don't eat that day i know it's it really is tough because you know you really want to help them and we take so many things for granted here it's just it's just crazy but yeah, I mean, you gotta give when you can. But sometimes it's just, I don't know. It's it's a hard thing to swallow. But you can only do as much as you can do. Yeah. Um, you were homeschooled, right? I was, yes. So, tell me about all the stereotypes that come with that. <sighs> There's a lot, and like like growing up, like at going to church and you know other activities I had, random people would come up to me and be like, "Hey, like." you're homeschooled like how do you even have friends or like how do you <laughs> you know wow. random like is, random stuff that, like that's that how people introduce people, themselves because people think like homeschoolers just sit at home and do absolutely nothing which which can be 
can't be true. You know, like I've I've seen both both the um, sides of the spectrum for for homeschoolers. But I I mean, really, regardless of like you know homeschooled or public schools, you're going to have some kids who are socially awkward over here. You know, some are just kind of in the middle, and some who are just on the on the other side. So like from what I've seen, you know, being on around a lot of homeschools, it's not really not that much different than what what people think. Was there any kind of adjustment for you going from homeschool to college and just, I mean, obviously there's always the adjustment of going to college regardless of where you're coming from, but was there a bigger gap for you? Um, for the schoolwork, no. Cause like, oh, no, I, I didn't. Yeah. I, I saw I, your grades. I know that. <laughs> I, I don't know. Just with that, like, I was used to kind of the same format, just having like certain due dates and just having to really manage my time and stuff. So that, that hasn't been very difficult for me, but just like the social part of it, I guess, because I'm just like an, an introvert, you know, like I just, I kind of like to just hang to myself, you know, and so I guess just, just making friends and um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, definitely the biggest thing that I struggle with is just, you know, knowing that I, I can be myself around people, don't have to do anything crazy to get people to like me. And that's something that I've, I've been working on recently, just like, I don't, I don't have to be any, anybody except for Micah, you know? Yeah. So. I, I feel like that's something that a lot of people struggle with right. in the beginning of coming to college Absolutely. is, on the one hand, it's an opportunity to reinvent yourself, but on the other hand, do you really have to to fit these expectations for other people? You're big on faith, right? Right. Absolutely. Um, just give me a little bit, give me, the, I don't want to say brief overview because nobody's faith journey is a brief overview, but just kind of why it's important to you. Yeah, so um, I... I've grown up in the church my whole life, like with my families or both of my um, parents are Christian, and um, I, uh, I don't know. I kind of had an interesting journey because it's like where I'm at. It's kind of like church is just kind of like something that people do. Like it's not. I don't know. It's not since I've been at college. I've seen the completely other side of it, where you like see people have like this genuine relationship with, with God, and you know, like I said before, like back home, most people just. I don't know. It's, it's almost just, a social function, kind of. Yeah, kind of. So I, it was kind of like that for me, and like I was in high school, like I, I really questioned it like a whole lot. Like I just didn't really know, didn't really know some of the things just didn't didn't seem right. You know, whether or not there were, there was a God or all that. And I really got got into college, um, and I just had a couple crazy experiences. Um, just getting FCA has been a huge part with me. It's just. Uh, spring of freshman year, gotten involved with them and to you know, talk with people like Zach Galata and Sean Whittinghill and uh, Michael Bussey and all those guys. Just really, really have that. Um, those role models are just like what it's like to be be a Christian man and to have that actual because it's it's so much different from what I noticed from like a lot of the people back home. Just I, I can tell. Just like you can tell when somebody has like like that general the, relationship, kind of a genuine spirit yeah, sort of thing. Absolutely. That's in, that's so interesting because I feel like so many people go the opposite direction when they get to college and get out on their own and kind of just and you use that opportunity to reaffirm your faith and get right. stronger in it. That's really that's really interesting. Tell me a little bit about your involvement with FCA because uh, talk to Glotta and he has nothing i mean he was one of the people with the borderline genius outstanding <laughs> person stuff and if you've impressed that glad you've impressed somebody but just tell me a little bit about what you what you've been involved with at fca here yeah so um we got a really good group over there and um like i said i mean it, i started going um spring of my freshman year it was just kind of 
kind of had this idea that golf in school is going to be like the only thing I was going to do like um, in college, like just because I, I kind of felt like there just was not going to be time for any other activities. And then I just decided one week to just go go with Jordan over there. And it was, it was something completely different because our, our FCA group is like so small compared to like something like the BCM or, you know, other places. We've only got about like 20 like followers, like 20, 20 people that, that go regularly. So it's it's something like, like whenever it's that small, you get to know people like really well. And it was, it was something just kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, just like seeing those people, you know, have that general relationship with God and just like getting to grow with them or something. So I got, I got asked um, at the end of my freshman year um, if I wanted to be a leader. And at my first, you know, being the introvert that I am, I was kind of scared about it, didn't really know if it was something I, I wanted to do. But um, Zach definitely pushed me to do it, and um, I'm, I'm really glad that I have. It's been, it's been great. It's been great to um, grow with um, some of the fellow athletes who have, you know, similar beliefs that I do and, um, yeah, just get, get to know a lot of them. So. And, and you're going to be the Mike Bussey, the Zach Lotta, the Sean Whittyhill for somebody in the next year or two, right. too. Right, exactly, yeah. One of the themes that I keep hearing from you over and over again is family, that you're big on family, very important to you. Uh, you got a pretty sizable family, don't you? Four right. siblings? Yeah, yeah, I got four siblings, uh, three brothers and a sister. A uh, pair of twin brothers, right? Right, yeah. Pretty – large family uh Definitely. what what was the what was the grow up like there yeah so um my older twin brothers are like 20 24 i think shoot i can't hear them off the top of my head but um yeah we grew up they they kind of had each other you know i guess with being twins you just i don't know used to spending a lot of time with each other so it's just kind of me and my sister um through that like we got really really close and you know my little brother josh he's He's a sophomore in high school now, but um, we—I mean—we've done so much together, and it's—it's. It's, um, I guess with being homeschooled and spending that much time with each other, we've um, really all got to um, have like really good relationships with each other. On the course, because you're so cerebral and you think so much, is it—is it sometimes difficult to get out of your own head and get out of your own way when you're playing? Oh, absolutely, and that's that's my biggest struggle. I feel like since I've gotten to college, it's just I don't know. Cause going back to like me putting just so much pressure on myself, and like it got it got to the point where I was just having like negative thoughts on the course. And you cannot you cannot play golf and just be constantly beating yourself up and, and being mad and just standing over a six foot putt and not thinking it has a chance is is not a good thing at all. So um, that's something something I'm really working on is just trying to be be more positive and just um, just really enjoy it. Because I guess when you're beating yourself up that much, it just really, like, it really wears on you after a while. And, like, just this season, you know, from doing that, like, I've, I've enjoyed a lot more. I haven't been as tired. I mean, it's just it's – been, it's been great. I'm really, really enjoying it. Is golf more of a psychological or physical endeavor? <sighs> Got to be psychological. It's just – Anybody I, can hit it straight, but not everybody has the mental fortitude. It, exactly, yeah. I mean, I guess. You have to have I guess at this at this level, yeah. At this level, it's definitely more mental, because every everybody knows how to hit the ball. It's just, you know, the way you carry yourself on the golf course and the way you're thinking can be the difference between a 72 and an 82. So, is arrogance an advantage in golf? Um, maybe. 
I'm not, I'm not too sure. Like it, because there's confidence. Like you can, you can tell a guy when he's on a good day. Like he just rolls by you with that confidence. Yeah. But can you fake it till you make it almost? Um, I don't think you can fake it. There, there's some people that like you look at, look at Tiger Woods and you look at Justin Thompson. They just, they just have that. Like they're just, they're gonna beat, beat the snot out of you. It's definitely, it definitely. I guess, I guess you're right. I guess it definitely can be, be an advantage when you're out there and you just got that, that confidence. I understand you're something of a match play aficionado. Yeah, I, I love match play. I really do. What is it about the format that you like? Oh, I just. I just love that it's just it's just head to head, and for for a guy like me who just is not the best driver of the golf ball, not the best ball striker, you know, if I if I blow one out of bounds, then it doesn't really matter, you know. I can just make birdie on the next hole, and it nothing matters. So it's just I really like going going head to head and just playing that first tournament in the spring, um, which is just a ton of fun, just going out because it's it's nothing something that we just really don't get to play in a whole lot. I, I was really looking forward to that for the OVC standpoint because I thought that was going to be a wild day oh, yeah. once we got to the match play stuff. Because anything, like, it's not a matter of who's hot and can hit in the 60s. It's who can line up and beat the guy across from him. Exactly. Jordan Rodriguez tells me that you do a lot of experimenting with stir fry. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess last year a lot of the guys just started making stir fry. And, like, you know, I don't have a meal plan all that. I'm trying to get better at cooking and all that. And, and stir fry is one of those things that you can just, you know, cook up in 10 minutes or whatever. And even so if it's, it's like, terrible, it's pretty good. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, there's this one Asian restaurant by my house that I just absolutely love. So I'm kind of like just striving to get to where I can get something, you know, along those lines. So that's stir fry is definitely on the menu, I mean, once or twice a week. Michael, what is your favorite word? Favorite word? Um, gosh. I feel like this one always trips people up. Does I mean does birdie count or heck yeah it counts? Okay. okay, all right. What is your least favorite word? Homework. Really? Yeah. Who or what inspires you? Um. Who or what inspires me? Definitely my family, um, my siblings, and. Um, yeah. What's the last book you read for fun? Last book I read for fun. I don't like to do a whole lot of reading. I think it was, I think it was To Kill a Mockingbird actually in high school, just because I we had to read it and then. Well, that's not I for fun. It a that's lot, a, so. Oh, so I decided to read it again. Oh, it became yeah, for exactly, fun. Exactly. Yeah. What's your worst habit? Worst habit. Um. I don't know. I like to chew my nails a lot i don't i don't know <laughs> what app on your phone gets the most use what app on the phone <sighs> probably twitter what is the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in um probably the top of my first roller coaster <laughs> where was it at it was at dollywood i, I don't know i'm I'm not not big into those. Now I am, of course. Those things are a ton of fun. But just that, that very first top one. of the wild eagle, it's like, oh, my gosh. What is your idea of happiness? Idea of happiness. Um, just living life. Um, living life, serving others, 
Um, just, gosh, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really think about this stuff a lot. You don't know what makes but, you happy? I mean, I, I just really don't know. Maybe you haven't found it yet. What is your idea of misery? Idea of misery. I don't know, just constantly beating yourself up all the time. That's what makes you self-conscious? Um, shoot. I don't know, man. <laughs> no, I'm not good at this stuff. What is the most embarrassing song you love? Most embarrassing song I love. Dancing Queen, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> that, that definitely counts. How would you prefer to die? Prefer to die? Um, I don't know. Painless? If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? Probably an eagle so I could fly. What might prompt you to lie? Might prompt me to lie. I don't know, don't do a whole lot of lying, but when I find myself in like really sticky situations and stuff, I'm just kind of kind of easier to tell a lie than it is to be truthful. What makes you hopeful? Makes me hopeful um, that I know that you know no no matter how you know bad things get here, and, you know all the stuff that's going on right now that you know at some point you know Jesus is going to come back and everything will work out better in the end. What is our purpose in life? Our purpose in life is to um, love God, love others, and serve the world. Regardless of who it is, what's one question you would ask our next guest? Uh, shoot. What's your favorite movie? So, that's something. What's yours? Uh, Forrest Gump. Last week, Garrett Spain asked, why'd you come here, and what's your favorite thing about it? Oh, well, I kind of, it's kind of a story behind it, so I thought, like, the entire time during recruiting that I was going to go to Tennessee Tech, because first thing I thought I wanted to be an architect, um, so that was kind of, like, I wasn't even looking really anywhere else, like, I just thought, okay, Tech's where I want to go and stuff, and, you know, I had, um, had a good first visit, and the second time, um, coach asked me to come a second time, and my mom and I were driving down the highway, and we got a very narrow bridge, and 18-wheeler comes over and, like, tore up our wheel. We go spinning across the highway into a ditch. And, um, I mean, we sat there. I called the coach, and, um, you know, he said we could come later, just asked if we were okay and all that. And we ended up – my dad ended up coming, picking us up, and taking us there. And things just weren't, weren't right. Like, it just, it just did not feel right. So I, I truly feel like that was divine intervention saying, you know, I mean, this is this is not where you're supposed to go to school. An 18-wheeler so, running you off the road was basically God coming down and trying to put a stop to it? Yeah, very well. So. Well, I'm – this is going to sound weird to say, but I'm glad that happened because it means yeah, you're here and not there. Absolutely. Um, what – I know you're kind of at the midway point of your career here now, but, like, what does the future hold for you? Um, well, I mean, I, I know I've got a whole lot to work on, and I, I'm working on it, and I feel like, like my game is 
getting a whole lot better. So I'm I'm really excited. You know, I know this this year we've got got a great team um, with three seniors coming back and the addition of Adam. So I'm just really looking forward to to win some championships with these guys. Do you have so, professional aspirations? I, I do. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to. I've always told myself, you know, if I got to the point where I could compete, you know, consistently at the college level, then I'm definitely going to give it a try. What about after golf? After golf, um, I don't know. I'd I'd like to go into business of some sort. So I just don't don't really know. That's that's what I'm in finance right now. Just kind of exploring things. So um, you're just kind of good at whatever it is you put your mind to, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, shoot, I, I guess so. Well, Mike, man, I really appreciate you coming in today, taking a few minutes out of your day to talk to me. I was really glad to, to have you. Thank you so Big thanks to Mike and Nicely for coming on, spending a few minutes of his day talking to us about all manner of interesting subjects. Speaking of interesting subjects, Casey, NFL back. The NFL is back. I am unprepared for this. Like, Sarah goes, so we, we, are we going to go to a friend's house or your parents' house, or are we just going to watch the game Sunday here? And I was like, what game's on Sunday? I watch baseball every Sunday. What the are Raiders. About? She's like, the NFL's back. I was like, oh, I suppose it is. Excited to watch their new fast receivers run up the field? Uh, you mean I'm excited to watch Henry Ruggs run wind sprints while uh, Derek Carr. Four, four different people fall on top of Derek Carr and <laughs> render him immobile? The answer is not particularly no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I'm excited. Uh, good game tomorrow night. Texans, Chiefs, right? No, not a good game. The I mean, the Chiefs are going to blow them out. But like, them. I mean, nobody else is going to play with the Chiefs, so like, at least there's a game and we get to watch Patrick Mahomes. So that's a good game. Yeah, um, I hate Patrick Mahomes. I know you do. Not, I think, and I don't say that like he's a bad person and I wish ill will upon him, but like I genuinely hate <laughs> the Chiefs have him because they're monsters and don't deserve nice things. You got anything else about the NFL this weekend? Any, anything else you're excited about to watch? Any other games? I don't even know what the schedule is. I know the Colts play at the Jaguars, and Phillip Rivers well, <laughs> is going to torch the poor Jacksonville Jaguars. You get to ease him in with an easy dub because the Jaguars yeah. are. Colts have a pretty, uh, pretty good defense. They've got that sneaky DeForest Buckner pickup that not a lot of people are talking about, and I think when you put him back there with Justin Houston, it's a pretty solid pass rush. It would be a real solid pass rush if it was like 2014. Oh, stop it. I, I am excited. Well, I'm not excited. More morbidly curious to see what's going to go down with uh, the 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 retiree crew in down Tampa. In, down in Tampa, the retirement home bucks. Yeah, the retirement home bucks with Brady and Gronk and Leonard Fournette, who cast all the shade this week with that comment. The, I finally have a good finally quarter a quarterback. People forget that team has two really good receivers and uh, my Mike Mike Evans mm-hmm. and Chris um, Godwin. Chris Godwin. Yeah, like. And I think that Godwin gets slept on a lot because of Mike Evans, and I think Godwin's probably a better receiver. I think he's a better, like, overall receiver, but not, not receiver. But Mike right. Evans just goes yeah. up and gets Mike Evans will take the top off. It's just 
there's so many options on that team. If they can put it together, they're kind of scary. But it all, I mean, like, Fournette and Ronald Jones, like, what are they going to do? Like, a lot you need hinges on a 42-year-old man staying upright and mobile for 16 also, games plus playoffs. Gronk, and he, I'm sure he's going to have that massive contraption back on his arm. Like, I don't know what that is, but I can't imagine it's healthy. Uh, I don't know. I the whole, the whole It's either going to be really good for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, or it's just not going to work out. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same with uh, the Patriots and Cam Newton. It's either going to be great, or it's going to be terrible, and somebody, we're about to find out. Somebody said Cam Newton was going to be like this year's Lamar Jackson on ESPN, and I was like, okay. I mean, he was this year's Lamar Jackson five years ago, years yeah, yeah, ago yeah, when yeah. he was MVP. Right, but... I, mean, I just don't see him and Lamar playing. They play differently to me, but like Lamar eludes contact, and Cam Newton is a, seeking it out. Yeah, he's a big truck. That he likes is to run bigger than over. most defensive backs. Lamar Jackson, he's somehow smaller than most NFL defensive backs. Cam Newton, if he gets out on, on an edge, will truck a cornerback and smile and giggle as he walks out. <laughs> and of then bounds. Superman as he gets yeah. to the sideline, like Lamar is going to spin move back to the middle. Let's get away from this hit. Yeah, don't want to get hit. Don't want to get hit. Bam. Also back this weekend. Also. Premier League. The Premier League. Hooray. The Premier League is back and we have Yippee. We have we have some news here on this front for yes. for us, which is I have long had a Premier League team. I am a supporter of Newcastle United for as long as I've understood there was a, a Premier League, I suppose. For reasons that really don't bear getting into. But Casey has never really made the plunge. Never really understood. So Casey got some homework last night. Find and articulate why you have chosen a Premier League team to root for for the upcoming season. So my first team, I, I, when I started scrolling through their Wikipedia pages, I liked, I liked Liverpool's nickname because they're the Reds. And uh, my favorite baseball team is the Reds. But I wasn't going to cheer for one of the, 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 the reigning champ, one of the teams. It's what, the Big Six you call them? Yes, the Big Six. Right. If, so uh, if you, if you I immediately crossed out the Big Six on okay. my search for a team. And uh, – it's the team we talked about in the office yesterday. I'm I'm pretty locked in on the the Wolverhampton Wanderers, the, also known as the Wolves. The Wolverhampton uh, Wanderers. Boy, they, their jerseys look cool. The jerseys are cool. They have that a cool logo, uniform. That logo's sweet. Wolverhampton is a cool word to say. <laughs> and what sounds cool? Chelsea or Wolverhampton? Like Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton. Yeah. Obviously, I mean it's 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 a no doubt. They finished seventh last year. They're I'm, on the uptick, from what I'm reading. They're on their they're on their way. I'm really looking forward to Casey's uh, mad descent into soccer hooliganism, where he like. <laughs> no, no, no. They have a huge. When I was reading their Wikipedia page in the '60s, they had a big problem with hooliganism in Wolverhampton. They would crash the subway. They would like block the subway. Like they would like there was, there was something about a subway, and like their fans would just go wild on the subway. <laughs> I read the Wikipedia page. Of course, that's what you picked up and gleaned from that. Um. <laughs> so. Uh, Go Wolves. I'll follow them on Twitter right now. Okay. Um, where are they located? Wolverhampton. Um, I don't. It's kind of on the western part of the United Kingdom. Kind of. It's not. It's not as far south as London, but it's west. But it's not. It's not middle. It's. It's like in the, the bottom third on the west side of England. Trying Hold on. I'll pull up a map. Trying for to you. do some weird. Okay, so United Kingdom looks kind of like a big comma. Um, Wolverhampton, England. Here we go. So there's there's Wolverhampton. So like right there. You could have just said it was basically in the middle of the country. <laughs> no, the middle would be up here where the United Kingdom is. They're they're in the bottom third. Okay, semantics, whatever. We're we're glad you found a uh, we're glad you found a, a rooting interest yes. in, in the Wolverhampton Wanderers. I'm, what I'm very impressed in is they got the Twitter name at Wolves, 
Nobody else took Wolves. I figured they'd have to be like Wolverhampton and Wanderers, want, like Wolverhampton or something. But like no, Wolverhampton FC at at W O L V S available. Uh, so that's pretty cool. That's a good Twitter name to have. We're going to introduce a new segment now that Casey's decided to hitch his wagon to a Premier League team. And it's called Explaining the Premier League. And as we were sitting in the office yesterday talking to Casey about various things that go on in the Premier League, it occurred to us he didn't know anything about this. And um, his reactions are not to be missed. So, uh, I've, Here's my first question. I've got a question. Okay, yes. If, you, if my Wolverhampton Wolves get relegated next year, yes. how long will it take them to get back into the Premier League? Because I don't want to watch them if they're in that triple-A business. Well, here's the thing. You probably can't. Right. No, yeah, yeah. No, you can watch Champions League on CBS from what I read. Like the, one like one game, yeah. Okay. You know, a game a week and maybe like the promotion right. championship. So if they get, they get relegated to the Champions League, how long till we're back in the – well, no, the Champions League and the Championship are different things. No, no, right, right. So if we get relegated to the Champions League, how long do we the get? The Champions League you don't get relegated to. What's the one you get relegated championship. to? Championship. Okay, the Championship. If we get relegated to the Championship League, or just the Champions Championship. Okay. How long till we're back in the Premier League? As little as one year, as long as infinity. What would it take to get back to the Premier League if we were relegated? It's an automatic entry if you're among the top two teams in the championship the following season three four five and six i think play a a mini tournament to get that third spot okay so three teams from the premier league get booted every year yes okay so don't want to be 18 19 or 20 in the premier league no so 17 is a big big number so is like i think 36 i think if you hit 30 I think it's 36 or maybe it's 40. Once you hit 40 points of accrued via wins and ties, you're pretty much safe. Okay. Well, we were in seventh last year, so I don't. I, I would hope that it's not it's not an issue we're dealing with. But uh, soccer's a fickle friend, buddy. Uh, you're about to find out. I would I would enjoy. It. I'm I'm gonna tune into a game if I can. <laughs> um, you were telling me that they're on the Peacock, but you have to pay. You have to pay. It's not on the free Peacock. So I'm hoping we'll sneak on to NBC Sports one of these days. I don't well, they they will be they will be cannon fodder for Man United or Man City at some point. What do you mean we're going to pull that up? We're the seventh best team in the Premier League. We're going to pull it, pull the upset. Okay, but I can't. <laughs> I look for. I know. You. Here's the thing I know about the Wolverhampton Wolves is if I can live through 23 years of being a Cincinnati Reds fan, nothing can hurt me. Oh, a relegation cannot hurt me because uh, the Reds haven't won a playoff series in my lifetime. When do you think the Reds would have been relegated if we had this in American sports? Uh, around 2006-ish. Do you think they'd be back now? Um, or do you think they'd have been the, yellowing back and forth ever since? So, if the Red, if there was relegation, the Reds would have been, like, middling in the middle of the league until about 2004 or five when Griffey got, like, when Griffey and Dunn started to get, like, old and, like, really hurt and, like, back to Seattle and all that. Yeah. Then there's, like, the stretch where they would have they would have been gone. They would have been gone from, like, 2006 to 2009. They'd probably been gone until 2010. We wouldn't even got our 2010 cha- Central Championship because we would have been relegated. We got back up, and we won the division in 12. We were a wild card team in 11 and 13. No, we were a wild card team in 13 and 14. And then – I thought you were the team that got no hit by Roy Halliday. That was 10. Okay. Um, so we w- would have won the division in 12. With a hun- we, w- we had the second most wins in baseball that year. And then I think 13 was a wild card, 14 was a wild card. And then we blew that thing up and uh, see ya in 15 until – 
next year, probably. Not, maybe. I mean, like not not this year because you're. I almost responded to your tweet last night. Where you said Marlins good question mark with Reds bad period. Oh no, I know the Reds are bad. No, no, I was just making sure everybody else did. And you know what they're going to do to jumpstart the offense tonight? Give Tucker Barnhart three more at bats. That'll get them going. Well, you know, maybe Christian Colon could get a spot start here soon. R.I.P. to Christian Colon as a World Series hero. No longer a member of the Cincinnati Reds. And Matt Davidson, who hit third for the Reds last week, also got cut, which great managerial decisions is what I'm seeing. Well, now that you're on one, why don't you go in and give us your apartment update? So, the apartment update's doing good. The apartment, um, there's new carpet. There is a kitchen floor. When I left this morning, they were putting toe molding on to finish out the the new floor, you know, cover up the edges, clean it up. They were supposed to put the new countertop on today, and the plumber was coming to reattach the toilet they took off yesterday when they were putting the the, the floor down because I, I walked I walked around back to my trash can after I parked my car yesterday, and our toilet was on the patio. And That's a good place for I you, was, really. I was like, may, may, maybe there's a new one. No one told me they were taking it up. And I got inside and I opened the door. I was like, nope, there's, there's no toilet here. So uh, I hope the toilet's back on when I get home today. So. No, never mind. I was going to ask a question. I don't want the answer to. No, probably not. Uh, There's an upstairs one. Good, good, good stuff. Okay. Also good stuff. Haley Meyer for your community service opportunities. Uh, if she can get you in touch with anybody in the community, should you want to and have the time and the ability, given these uncertain times, to get out in the community and do a little good. No, so you can get in touch. With us? Yeah. Web and social media. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go P, or you can follow along on our Facebook account called Austin P Governors. Uh, also, be on the lookout for our at Govs Football Instagram. Going to be kicking be that off. We're going to be kicking that thing up a notch. Let's Go P.com for dates, news, and stories. Case Cody and myself. Plenty of things to see, read, hear, and uh, engage all your other senses over there. Hey, how are you going to get into the Dunstan area when we play uh, sports this uh, this winter? I was going to use the door, but are you telling me I can rappel in from the roof? No, I think you're going to need a ticket either which way you come in. And how are you going to get those tickets? You're going to get in contact with our ticket gurus, Katie Locke and her assistant, Sean John. They have all the information you can use to get in the game. This week, we have seen Katie continuing some work to sort out the hows and whys for social distancing in the Dun. And if you're a member of the Monocle Society, we're having an apparel sale at our BSN site right now. Uh, if you're not a Monocle Society member, which, Colby, you are. I sure am. Uh, maybe you should think about the mistakes you've made in life, which you obviously have not. I Well, okay, that's probably a little strong. Not in terms of Monocle Society. There we go. That's what do you think right. about that sale? Pretty sweet stuff, Pretty huh? Pretty sweet stuff. Yeah, I think go, he's got two more days left. Go so you get, better, you better hurry up and join and get in while the getting's good. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly on the website at letsgob.com slash podcast. Give us a rating review on the podcast, five stars, five stars. And if you want to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event. We shout out, criticize our life choices. Tweet us. I'm at CWills225. He's at C underscore Craig19. Love yourself. Love each other. Rest in peace, Nick Hansik. Talk to you next week. Goodbye.